0: For a retirement that maximizes your portfolio, your social security, avoids unnecessary risks, and protects you from pitfalls, and frankly lets you retire and keeps the nest egg working, you need a retirement partner. You need someone looking out for your best interest and building a plan for you based on your situation. You need Financial Safari's Kevin Frisbee, 800-998-5649, Kevin Frisbee at 800-998-5649.
1: Comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company.
2: There are plenty of questions about retirement planning, from how much income do I need to will it really cost $300,000 in healthcare when I retire? We'll answer some of the most common questions pre-retirees ask advisors on today's show.
0: Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Financial
3: Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is, of course, president of Frisbee & Associates. Uh, he is an author of uh, Every Dime, Every Day, a great little book, and uh, so much more. You're a uh, independent, you're a fiduciary, uh, you're a fiduciary firm, uh, Frisbee and & Associates, and uh, so much more. Hi, Kevin. What's going on? Hey Steve, how you doing today? I'm well, thank you. I uh, I like the way you set this thing up when you're talking about those questions because I, there's got to be two questions like healthcare costs—is it really 300 grand? I mean, we see that study all the time, it seems, and mm-hmm. and then how much income? Yeah, all of those things um, are are questions that can be answered.
2: Yeah, it's interesting when people come into the office and I jump up on a whiteboard or board or one of the other advisors jump up on a whiteboard. We lay out a a plan before we put it in a written document. We lay out a plan on a board. And the first thing in the column I have is budget. And what does your budget need? And that's the basics to pay the bills and also lifestyle. What are those two numbers? And I don't expect people to know that when they come into the office, but it's kind of some homework that I give people to go back and and compile. But then I say the two things that people forget to add in the budget is income taxes. So if you said to me you need $6,000 a month, to pay the bills and to live. Well, that means you need 7,500 really for income tax purposes or maybe 7,000 a month, whatever that number might be. Mm-hmm. So income taxes is forgotten a lot of times and so isn't healthcare cost. How do you budget healthcare costs in your budget? It has to be budgeted and, and you have healthcare premiums, which is basically what you're gonna budget in your monthly budget. But also it's difficult to look down the road and say, and all those studies you just mentioned and we talk about is it's, it says that you're going to need $300,000 in your lifetime for medical costs. Well, that's not just premium. That's deductibles and prescription drug costs and copays and all the stuff that comes with having, you know, getting older, right? I right. mean, we're not, we're all subject to having things happen as you get older Absolutely. for the most part. And, and, and a lot of that stuff costs a lot of money.
3: Well, and so the question of, uh, well, I've always read that 80% is really all I need as far as income goes. And that, eh, you know, that you can put that to rest.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a myth. I can promise you, uh, you know, to think that you're going to retire on 80% of your income. And now with high inflation, it's, it really is thrown that away that no, you, you have to have a sustainable income. Again, uh, I tell people all the time, if you listen to the show and you're a client already, you've, you've heard this a hundred times is, maintaining lifestyle, whatever your lifestyle is, is the goal you should have in retirement. If you come into the office and you start talking about cutting cable TV out, cutting this out, not being able to go do that or selling the second vehicle, I'm gonna stop you right in your shoes and say, wait a minute, no, 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 let's not take that angle. Let's talk about how can we put a plan together to maintain lifestyle so you have the quality of life. Do you think you wanna be sitting at home in retirement and not have the ability to turn on a television and watch cable TV? I mean, whatever it is, right? I'm just talking about a little thing that. It makes a big difference in quality of life sometimes for people that are spending a lot of time or more time at home. So no, maintaining lifestyle is the key. And how do we put a plan together to make sure you've got that income coming in to cover that budget so you do whatever you want to do for the most part?
3: So if we count on Social Security for 40%, I mean, we've got to come up with
2: 60%. And, and how do we do that? So yeah, that's the, rule the question. It th- is a good question. So the rule of thumb that we use in our models here at Frisbin Associates is- Northern Alliance Financial, by the way, the new name of the business, we've rolled this out in the signage and whatever. But, but at the end of the day, same firm, same great people. What you do is when you look at Social Security as maybe 40-ish percent of that budget need, You maybe you're fortunate enough, enough to have a pension, but also now for every $100,000 you might have saved up in retirement monies, 6% a year is the, the number that we use in a model for distributions. If you've got $100,000 saved up, Every year, if you do a 6% withdrawal of that, that's $6,000, which breaks down to $500 a month. So if you need $2,000 a month in additional money besides Social Security, in this example, you need $400,000 saved up in retirement monies. 400,000 times 6% is $24,000, it's $2,000 a month. And that now gives you a game plan to say either A, you have not enough money saved up, or B, you've got more than enough money saved up to fill that gap and give you the comfort level to have the income you need for retirement.
3: Well, and again, it goes to the, to the adage of, you know, well, if I have enough to get by, isn't that enough? Well, I, not not for my lifestyle.
2: <laughs> and and not today. Again, inflation, high inflation has changed that narrative. Um, getting, getting by is a, is a, you know, go to the grocery store and tell me if you're getting by. Yeah, I mean, no, it's a tough one. I, it's it's everywhere right and and it's not going away it's the gasoline is not going back to $1.50 a gallon it's just not we don't live in a world anymore that will sustain that so inflation is going to stay hot for a long period of time i've said it now for months and months that the government's in a what i call the great experiment the federal reserve cannot raise rates and and now they they're, they're going to balance beam this to say people are going to have to get used to high higher prices so getting by just doesn't cut it so now we have to build in an inflation factor in the budget to make sure that you're not just getting by but you can flourish and still have the ability to pay the higher cost of goods and services as they continue to go higher think about this Steve when you talk about getting by in the, in the in inflation and cost of living if you're 65 years old today and you retire and you've got two hundred thousand dollars saved in money right in retirement mm-hmm. monies sure in in ten years with an inflation rate of seven percent which were higher than that right now in ten years that $200,000 is going to actually be worth $100,000 in buying power because in 10 years at 7% inflation, the money buying power gets cut in half in Oof. just 10 years. Wow. Wow, wow, yeah.
3: wow. That's a, that, that's a sobering thought. It's a reality check. Yeah, it's a reality it really check is. is. what that is. So when we talk about discretionary spending, what are we talking
2: about? <clears throat> well, you're talking about things above and beyond your normal budget. Right, that you create for yourself, discretionary spending is is fun money, play money. Okay, what have you set aside to go do what you want to do? Maybe, and I've got clients that do all kinds of you know fun things. But sometimes they'll give allowances to each other, and they've got that built into the budget, and they have you know a few hundred bucks a month that they've got in their pocket as play money and discretionary money. Call it what you want to just uh, be able to go blow and not feel bad about going to blow that because it's it's what it's for right it's discretionary spending
3: sure and is that so you said that's above and beyond the budget i mean we have to have a way to essentially track that right
2: so so when you build the budget out i want people to build in some lifestyle into the budget like if you vacation you know what is during the course of the year what are you going to put in that budget for for vacation spending those type of things the discretionary spending i'm talking about here is maybe you throw a thousand bucks extra in the budget for the discretionary okay and you know if, if you're a couple maybe it's 500 bucks a piece for the month and you just get you know just blow money is, that's your is what fun call money it. fun money just do whatever you want to do and, and it doesn't mean you spend it maybe you save that and you have something you want to go do really fun and you save a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred over the next few months but it's money that you don't i guess account for i guess and if, if you want to put it that way and you just know that if you spend it it's it's, it's what it's for
3: sure and uh, so is it true that we're going to spend less in retirement
2: I don't think so. I I I think think so either. (laughs) I I think it's completely changed. I think it wasn't uh, Inflation's changed that narrative, as I said. But I think it wasn't like this anyway. I think that you know that the the myth of spending eighty percent or needing eighty percent of your income at retirement is uh, just—it's not there. And uh, again, the cost of living continues to go higher. The purchasing power of the dollar continues to decline. If you don't have money invested, if you've got it parked in a savings account, I love how. Uh, Jeff Truchon, one of our advisors, talks about comparing your, your money in a bank, not making any interest to a melting ice cube. And because that's literally what's happening to your, your, your buying power with your money that isn't earning anything, is you're losing purchasing power like an ice cube is melting in front of you. Wow. And so you've, you've got to put everything to work today to get the best plan in place to be able to grow so that you can sustain the cost of living, whatever that might be, 10, 15, or 20 years from today.
3: Well, that's just it, uh, because the longevity factor has to come into play here. Is it as big a deal as what some people are saying?
2: It's a huge deal. I, go look and talk around and, and ask people, you know, what's your longevity in your in your household, in your family, in, in your history, right? Some don't have good longevity, and that's, that's, you know, understandable, but some beat the odds, and some people live to, you know, 90s. my, my Graham right now is in Memphis, Tennessee, and She's in a home, yes, and she's uh, you know she's been there for a couple of years, but she's going to be 93 years old this year. and so you know, the life expectancy for a normal female born today is like 79 years old. Well, she's beat that by 14 years. So was the planning properly done? In her case, it was, but but sometimes it hasn't been properly done to uh, adapt your budget, adapt your finances for thinking you might live. 14 years past life expectancy.
3: So uh, then the old adage of, well, once I'm retired, my saving is done. That's what I spent my life doing.
2: That could be the case. And uh, if it's done properly and you don't care about leaving anything behind, you know, people say to me, Kev, when I, you know, the day I die, I want to bounce that last check, right? Uh, you know, or, or, or spend that last dollar, however you want to put it i've never seen that happen perfectly um, you know but people do set out to go spend the money and not want to leave behind it and frankly some people don't have beneficiaries that they care to leave anything to they don't they might not have children they might have some charities or whatever or, or the the animal shelter or something like that that they want to leave whatever's behind but that's not their goal the goal is whatever's left behind when they pass is a bonus to whoever receives that but their intent is to go use their funds that they've you know saved up their lifetime And there's no wrong or right rhyme to that, Steve. You know, if somebody sets out to go do that, power to them. And uh, and I I have a lot of clients that do that. I'm certainly not going to judge. I'm a little envious sometimes that, you know, they want to just go spend, spend, spend and and do their thing.
3: Sure. Well, and again, uh, we've got to take a quick break here, Kevin, but let's uh, pick it up on the other side. Let's invite folks
2: to give us a call and uh, take those spots on the calendar. For the next 10 callers who will call in today.
3: Hey folks, uh, this is it, your great opportunity for you to to get a financial roadmap put together. If you've never done it before, no time like the present, don't procrastinate. Call today while you're thinking about it, 800-998-5649, chance to get a true practical financial review, and it's uh, all all no cost, no obligation. You're going to get a social security analysis, a portfolio x-ray, all of that included, and when you walk out, you'll have a roadmap that can help get you where you need to be in retirement. 800-998-5649 10 callers right now 800-998-5649 let's take a break come on back and continue our conversation here on financial safari with kevin frisbee
2: sometimes we have to face things head-on long-term care is one of them when we come back we'll go over some alternatives to long-term care insurance in retirement
0: some people like to take it easy uh, let's see, to nap or not to nap. And some people like to go, go, go. And then we went to
3: St. Thomas, then New Orleans, then our grandson soccer game, then for the Theater New York,
0: to Bora Bora. You know what the beauty of it is? It's your choice. Ah, live it like you want. If you have the right plan, enter Financial Safari's Kevin Frisbee, 800-998-5649, 800-998-5649. Retirement is the beginning of a new life for you. It's a new day. New Day spotlights a couple of retirees who started businesses after retiring. According to the 2018 Small Business Trends for Baby Boomers, one-third of all small business owners are ages 50 to 59, 17% are 60 to 69, and 4% are 70 and older. Don Russell falls into the 17% category. He's 66 and he's retired twice. The first time was in 1994. He took an 18 month sabbatical after retiring from investment banking and then the itch set in. He went back to work doing merchant banking and private equity sales, then he retired again in 2014. The man just can't sit still, because he got that itch yet again three years later. With two other partners, Don started Clearwater Business Advisors, a management consulting firm in Tampa, Florida. He's young still, plenty of time for several more retirements. A go-go years road trip inspired Denny Jensen. Jensen, who's now 76, says after retiring from a career in finance, he realized something. He decided there are only so many times you can play golf. During a trip to Hawaii with his wife, Denny noticed a booming local ice cream franchise. Inspired by starting a business that wouldn't need to be built from the ground up, he researched franchising and became the owner of a Molly-made cleaning franchise. At 76, he's in the 4% small business owner age category. How you spend your retirement in your new day is a personal choice, but obviously entrepreneurship is an option. Get your plan together and get ready to start a new day.
3: on financial safari with kevin frisbee i'm consumer advocate steve Sadal. of course kevin is the author of the book called every dime every day president of frisbee and associates soon to be northern alliance financial we'll talk a little bit more about that um and uh, wow a whole lot more and, and uh hey kevin uh long-term care wow that's a that's a deep subject
2: I'm i'm glad you brought that up to talk about today because this is a subject matter that is one of the major pitfalls uh, we, we've talked about an article that was in the Wall Street Journal several years ago, and Cracks in a Nest Egg is the title of the article, and uh, the number one risk to a retiree's nest egg, the num- number one in the whole country, and this is, this is from 15 or 20 years ago, and it's still true today, is the potential for a long-term care event. And so here's the thing. I think the number is one out of every two females will need some sort of long-term care care, and one out of every three males will need some sort of care in a facility or assisted living or even have a nursing come into their home. Why is it more for a female than it is a male? Well, it's simple. If let's assume somebody's married couple, it's much less likely that the male can help or even wants to take care of the female if she has some issues. So it's more likely that they're gonna have to hire somebody to come into the home or they, the the female has to go into a nursing home or assisted living. Versus if the male has an issue, it's more likely that the female can, if she has the ability to take care of the male, to keep them out of a facility as long as she possibly can. So you look at those numbers, one out of every two, one out of every three. Now you break that down to what is the cost? And we talked earlier in the show about the $300,000 number that people need to plan for in medical care and cost over their retirement, not over their lifetime, but from 65 and on. Well, that's where this long-term care planning comes in or conversation comes in, because I can tell you hundreds of stories over the last decades of being in this practice and in this business and work with clients here in Maine, where they, you know a couple comes in, they might be in their 50s, and they come in because mom just spent her last $300,000 to the nursing home and now she's out of money and applies for main care. And yes, main care pays the bill, but mom now has no nest egg left to be able to leave behind, meaning all the money that she had saved for and all the money that her deceased husband had saved and worked hard for wasn't gonna go to the kids and the grandkids to help pay for education and maybe a a down payment on a home, but it was gone to the nursing home that gobbled it up. And so how do you get around that? That's a conversation we have with people all the time, Steve. Well, how do we get around that, Kevin? Well, here's the thing that we've been talking about for uh, several years now. The insurance industry uh, have come to the table and kind of been creative in making these new products out there. But first, before I talk about any of the new products, let's talk about the old products. Okay. And so time after time, again, I would say hundreds of times I've had clients come in or people come in and, and show me letters from insurance companies that the letter states that the insurance company applies to the state of Maine for a rate increase. And it has to be across the board, across the class, right? So they can't just pinpoint any one particular person. But oftentimes the State Bureau of Insurance here in Maine, I've seen tons of these letters, approve a a 50 or 75 or 100% premium increase in one year. I've seen it, 100% increase in premium. So all of a sudden, you have this old traditional long-term care policy that you've paid premiums on for 20 years. And now you get a bill from the insurance company XYZ insurance company saying, hey, premium's gone up 100%. You have a choice. They have a two check box. You have a choice to pay the additional premium and keep it in force. And then next year we'll send you another bill for whatever the premium might be for the following year. Or you you take a reduced benefit and pay the same premium you paid last year. What do you think most people do? Most people pay the premium and keep it the same because they were able to afford it last year and probably likely afford it this year but they take the reduced benefit. Well, guess what? If you're 80 plus years old and you do that, and I've seen this with 80 year olds and and higher age, they take the less premium. All of a sudden they have a a less uh, benefit. All of a sudden they have an event where they need the care and they've opted into less payment from the insurance company. And now it costs them from their their, uh, retirement accounts. So that's the old style. I'm not a fan of them at all. They're ugly. They 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 shouldn't be allowed to have those kind of increases. The state of Maine allows that uh, oftentimes uh, across the class, and it's it's just they're, they're they're not good.
3: So, like you said, the insurance industry has responded and has come up with some some hybrid ways to tackle long term care. I mean, quite frankly, the insurance companies were losing their shirt on on long term care policies, right? I mean, that's why they kept yeah. increasing the policies.
2: That's exactly right. So one of the reasons why insurance companies have gotten crushed when they first designed these. And the cost of these, they didn't anticipate people keeping them for such a long period of time. And they also didn't anticipate the cost of care that was going to happen in the medical field, the medical world. So, again, if you have one and you're using it um, and it worked for you, uh, you know, great. But I don't see very many of those positive stories. The alternative to, to your question is the insurance industry, maybe seven or eight years ago now, Steve, has created what I call hybrid products. So, what they do essentially do is they've built Uh, The the life insurance, the traditional life insurance policy, they've kind of built in accelerating the death benefit to pay to you to help pay for a long-term care event. And simply what that means is if you have a critical care event, like a major heart attack, a major stroke, major cancer, you can apply to the insurance company to get accelerated the death benefit so that you can use some of that death benefit money so you don't have to die to get that death benefit. You you can trigger it with a, a major event and get some of that money to help pay for a care. Basically, if you need care in a home, as long as you're diagnosed by a doctor unable to do two of the six necessary daily living activities or cognitive, you get that diagnosis and a lot of the policies, the hybrid policy will trigger paying out part of or chunks of that death benefit for you to help pay for care. And so now you've got four trigger points with most of the hybrid policies. You've got traditional death, so it'll pay out a tax-free death benefit. You've got the critical care, which is a major heart attack, major stroke, major cancer. You've got the chronic illness, which is really the definition of a long-term care, unable to do two of the six necessary daily living activities or cognitive and terminal. If you get diagnosed with a terminal illness that you're not going to survive more than 24 months, and all of a sudden you get that doctor diagnosis, you can actually access some of your death benefit before having to die to get it. So maybe you want to take that cruise. And take the family on a, uh, on a trip to Disney World and take the grandkids away and have one last big you know, celebration of your life while you're still alive. But you can access death benefit money to be able to go do that and enjoy some of your last days that you might have with your family.
3: I mean, again, the, what you're describing there just seems like such a, it's such a relief for some people to be able to have that. And one of the other ways that we've talked about this before is an annuity. How does an annuity fund long-term care?
2: That's a great question too. So um, on the traditional life insurance side with the hybrid uh, attachment to it, there's underwriting that goes with that. So just not everybody can go get that. If you already have an illness, it's likely you're not gonna be able to go get a policy that covers you. So if you have an illness or some issue already, and now we, we can look at the annuity market. So some annuities have uh, income doublers. What they mean, What that means is that you have a certain amount of money you put into the annuity, If you trigger an income account have that stream of income come every month and you have a long-term care type of event in some annuity cases depending on the company they will double the income amount that you're getting paid to help pay for care and so that's very attractive to some people because there's no underwriting that will go with that there's time periods you have to wait to be able to trigger that 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 benefit of the accelerated uh, amount for the income doubler but if you've got a health condition already and you, it might be a couple of years before you might need care. Uh, an annuity with some of those uh, income doublers or something to really take uh, take a look at because they have the ability to really multiply some of your monies to help pay some of those costs for potential uh, costs for care.
3: Okay, so though I mean, but obviously you guys are, are well versed in you know what might work best for somebody in a, in a situation.
2: Absolutely. Not only that, we're go- it's case by case. We're going to have the conversation first to, to find out what people have already what they've done for planning and if the long-term care piece is a concern with with some people and they haven't done proper long-term care planning we're going to look at putting tools in in place and in front of them to to put that plan together to make sure that we've got the ability to plug that gap and and take that some of that risk at least off the table to help make sure that they pass on to their kids grandkids or beneficiaries monies that they've worked all their life for and uh, and they want to pass it on to the next generations
3: Well, folks, 800-998-5649 is the number you can call right now. And in fact, if you've got long-term care questions, Kevin, let's just go ahead and open up the phone lines, invite folks to call and and, uh, ask away.
2: For the next 10 people who call us right now, we're going to offer a complimentary financial review of your entire financial and retirement plan. There's no cost for this visit. It's simply a chance for you to get an education about your money so that you can make the best decisions for yourself moving forward. We found that most people don't have a true understanding of three basic things. They don't know how much money they're paying in fees and commissions. They don't know how much unnecessary risk they're taking with their nest eggs. And they don't understand the tax implications of their retirement savings. We will sit down with you and help you understand all of those issues. Many of our radio listeners who go through this process eventually become clients, but others don't. This process isn't designed to turn every listener into a client. It's just an extension of the education that we try to offer on the show but we can't give specific advice for your unique situation on the radio. So this is an opportunity for you to get answers to some of your specific questions or maybe even answers to some questions that you didn't even know you needed to be asking. If you call right now and you're one of the next 10 callers, not only will you get a financial review and second opinion package, but when you come in, you also get a copy of this brand new, hot off the press special report that Coach Pete just released for radio listeners only. It's called the Retirement Alpha. It's a nine page special report about building a solid retirement in a zero interest environment. So, for the next 10 callers, we'll make some time in our calendar to visit with you and give you this complimentary financial roadmap.
3: Hey, folks, this is it. Your great opportunity here to, to well, get a financial roadmap put together. If you've never done it before, make that call today 800 998 5649. A practical financial review. And there's no cost, there's no obligation. You will find out where you are today, but more importantly, you find that you now have a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800 998 5649. Another quick break, but we're back. We've got more coming up here on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee.
2: Good or bad, we are creatures of habit. When we come back, we'll tackle some bad habits to break as you enter that financial red zone.
0: 649 nine eight, fifty six forty nine. It's your go-go years. So let's get going with another retirement road trip. We're going to burn a lot of frequent flyer miles today because we're going back and forth from New York to Chicago. And what's on the menu? Pizza. Who has the best? Well, now, there's a dangerous question. I'd never ask a native of each of those cities, at least not in person. Anyway, it's an apples and oranges comparison. They're so different. One is folded and eat it on the run. The other's a sit-down meal, probably best with a fork and a knife. New York pizza is known for thin, crispy crust topped with a thin layer of tomato sauce, cheese, and assorted toppings. Chicago deep dish features a thick crust with an inch-deep smoldering of tomato sauce, cheese, and toppings. So whose is the best? New York? Hey, forget about it. Or Chicago? Hey, forget about it. Hey, New York, it's Chicago's turn. We're not going to fight it out anyway. They're both great in their own way. But here are some must-visits. Just a couple. They're big cities. Can't get them all. In New York, Lombardi's going back more than a century it's recognized as the first pizzeria in the united states it started as a grocery store in 1887 in 1905 the pizzeria was born have cash though no slice only in chicago you have to try Lumonati's, that famous buttery crust delicious deep dish cooked on well seasoned pans in new york visit a greenwich village institution joe's pizza i mean the founders from naples pretty authentic That's where you get the classic New York slice, fold it and off you go. Back to Chicago, non-touristy. Pequod's in Lincoln Park, custom-made to your liking from scratch. And the pans are really old, which really accentuates the flavor. Just a couple there, and of course there's variety in both cities, but those are the signatures for each. You know, your retirement plan is a lot like your very own pizza, custom-made to your order and just right so you can sample the pizza in both cities on your retirement road trip.
3: Hey, we're back on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm Consumer Advocate Steve Sadall and uh, boy, that last segment Kevin talking uh, long-term care. That's something that we could get into. Uh, I mean, we could keep going on that if we wanted to, but it's it's a it's a deep subject and something that really needs to be discussed. I think you've you've described it before as the
2: elephant in the room. It really is, and and uh, again to the point uh, of all the listeners that listen to the show today. Uh, I just touched on the surface, and again, if, if if there's anything interesting that we talked about, that you want to look at some of the hybrid products, or you know some sort of plan to to shelter from having a nursing home take your assets. Uh, it, it's a major concern out there, and and it, sometimes people don't realize what a big concern until it happens in their own family. And so, uh, don't, you know, get ahead of that curve and and don't, don't procrastinate. Don't, don't wait for something to happen. Get, uh, get something in place and be proactive. Right. Exactly. 800-998-5649
3: folks, if you'd like to get involved in that. And, uh, you've got questions about long-term care. So let's uh, dig into this. Um, uh, we, we've got some things that, uh, we need to stop doing, or at least we need to be aware if we do them, it, uh, it could sabotage our, our own retirement. Um, and, and I like this one because boy, it, it, Spending now rather than saving for later, such an easy habit to fall
2: into and one that we should not allow to happen. You know, we are creatures of habit, right? And, uh, you know, people tend to not worry about tomorrow and what might come tomorrow and just kind of loosey-goosey, you know, spend whatever they want today. And it happens a lot of times, Steve, what I find, and and if you're listening and your grandparents listen to the show right now, you're going to smile but grandparents spend a lot of money on their grandkids. And I'm not saying it's wrong. What I'm saying is do it to the point where you're not sacrificing your own future retirement. And it's difficult to do. And, and sometimes it should be put into the budget so that you have some guidepost to say, all right, I've got this budgeted for the grandkids. This is a spending account for the grandkids. I had a, a case recently where, and this couple, there's some health issues that need to be addressed. And there's, they don't have a lot of money saved up, but called me up one day a couple of weeks ago and said, "Kev, I want to I want to give my grandson hundred thousand dollars to help him get started to build his house." And I said, "I'm not going to tell you what to do, what not to do, but I'm going to tell you that I would not recommend doing that because you're going to need that money because of the health conditions that you, that you have. You're going to need that money to pay if you need a home or 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 need some some. You're going to need that money. Is right, the bottom line? I right. said, I know you want to do what's best." For your grandkids and you—you know—it's heartfelt, and I understand that. And she, she said to me, she says, "Well, I, I appreciate that advice, Kevin. I knew you were going to tell me the truth and be honest with me." I said, "You know, I am going to tell you the truth and be honest with you because yeah, I don't want you to see see you have a you know sacrifice your future, even though you're you're doing what you feel is the best to help your grandchild." And they decided not to do that, and I'm glad they did because, again, I can't force people to not do things, but I can—I'm going to weigh in. Because if I see something that's a red flag or something that's a potential pitfall, I, I'm your advisor. I, you need to hear it from me and, and then make your decision accordingly.
3: Well, you're a fiduciary advisor. You're you're obligated by
2: law to do that. Well, and it's yes, I am. But at the end of the day, it's I'm I'm a human being that know. It has <laughs> tremendous compassion for my clients. And so, yeah, yeah, the law is great, but at the end of the day, it's it's a compassion thing that, sure. that that's important.
3: And uh, so, one of the other things that uh, we need to. I, I think we all probably fall victim to this, especially earlier rather than later, but underestimating just how much money we need to retire, you know, because we're oh, thinking, "Well, yeah. oh, saving, and saving, and saving my whole life. I must be done. <laughs>
2: but no. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So as we talked about earlier, right, how do you put that, that plan together and figure out what that budget number is? And now you have a gauge. If it's 6% a year you're withdrawn from retirement accounts, how much do you need saved up to give you the income that you desire at retirement? And it's a simple formula. I mean, when you look at it, if you have a million dollars saved up and you take 6% a year in a conservative account, that should be just taking the interest, not touching the principal, that's $60,000 in income from your investments to add to your social security pensions or whatever else you might have. It, the question is, is that enough? Maybe you don't need a million. Maybe you only need 500,000. Maybe you only need 200,000, whatever that is. But what fits your budget need? And and some people do underestimate, Steve, how much they actually need. And they think they're doing a good job, but it's not quite enough when they get close to the end. and they End up working longer sometimes to, to make up for the, the lack of what they didn't do in the beginning.
3: Well, and part of that process of the building up is, uh, is diversification. And I do think that there is some, there's a, probably a lack of understanding of just what that means and how to achieve it.
2: Yeah, you're right. You know, I, when people come in and do that portfolio x ray, which simply means they come in, uh, if they're working in another place and have their investments somewhere else, we do the analysis and a breakdown of what they currently have for investments. And so one of the things we look at is the diversification of their current investments. How are they allocated? How much risk do they have in their current portfolios? What are the fees and expenses they're paying in their current portfolios? And now if they're not properly diversified, and we find this all the time, they, they might have 50 different investments in their portfolios, but some of those investments or mutual funds have the same underlying stocks, so they're not really diversified like they, they it looks understatement. And so our software actually does a breakdown of that and making sure that when we come back with recommendations, and again, what we do is we, we do the analysis, we do the x-ray, we have you come back for a second appointment, we go through that analysis, and then we give you recommendations, and then we send you home. And if you decide to come back to work with us, we'll book a third appointment. But in that process, we're gonna help educate you on what you currently have, and then educate you on what some changes should be done to make better your plan, make better your diversification, make better your risk tolerance, or whatever that might be, to fine tune your actual investments. Sure,
3: and um, so, but again, that whole diversification thing, and um, oh, here's another one too, and and this people can fall victim to this right now because the market has done so well for so long, and now it seems to be uh, you know a little unstable, so we stop saving
2: yeah, you know he, here's the thing when when the markets again, have these ups and downs for you know markets on the way back right now, we feel in the next downturn, you want to make sure you have some money set aside in a safe account that if you're drawing retirement monies from, if the market's going higher, it's okay to take your income draw from a market account that's going higher because ultimately you're taking just the gains or less than the gains. And but when the market turns down and you want to adjust that, you want to have a bucket of money that's set aside for those down market turns so that you can change where you're taking your draw from. And so that'll help prevent locking in losses and and still be able to save, hopefully, when the market is doing well. You want to, you want to tuck money aside. But when the market's not doing well, you want to have the ability to have that account off to the side where you're going to draw from and hopefully still be able to save, uh, depending on your budget need, obviously.
3: Well, and, and again, as we start thinking about all of that, uh, one of the other things that you have to do sometimes is uh, talk people off the ledge, so to speak. When when market volatility hits, we overreact. We immediately say, I got to get out.
2: And, and the first thing I tell people is, you know, slow down watching the news. I mean, you watch the news, and watch the weather uh, and the local stuff, but stop watching the national news because they, they tend to spin cycle to just politics a lot of times and they make things look worse than they they sh- they actually are and that's what the news does and that's sure. that's what gets people watching so it, it look at this past downturn i mean by you know come june i had people calling me up saying you know kev we you know the russians are going across the rest of europe and we're you know we're going to have a calamity in europe and all of a sudden you know we're going to have a great g- global depression i'm like i don't know where you're hearing that but that's not what the markets are showing us right now the market's down in a normal pullback it's not time to jump off the cliff it just isn't and so don't overreact is the point if you're going to be in the market like Warren Buffett says, right? You, you have to have a five, at least a five to 10-year horizon and know that you're going to have ups and downs and, and you can weather the storm. If you've done the proper planning and do the things that I just said as far as having that bucket of money set aside for distribution planning and not take from a market account that's declining, you're going to be okay because you're going to leave your market account alone, let it come back, and still have your income draw from a safe account that you've set aside for those times.
3: Well, and, and again, history has shown that, you know, the market does recover. We talked about this in another show with the last 72 years of midterms, midterm elections. There have been 18 of them in the last 72 years and 100 percent of the time. Um, tell, tell me what happens. Break that down for me.
2: Yeah, that's a great scenario. Jeff Trushaw, one of our advisors, did some digging on uh, midterm election market cycles. And he, he come to find that all the way back to 1950, 72 years back, We've had 18 midterm election cycles every four years, and so 100% of the time you can't argue with that number, right? Here we are, and it seems to be following that this year. 100% of the time, going back to 1950, we've had a a pretty substantial market correction starting in January, lasting through the summer, and then the market rebounds into the midterms, and then we get past the midterms and has a relatively good year the following year. And so we're tracking that same thing. So I'm telling clients now, saying, "Hey, you know, the next midterm cycle." I, we didn't really know that, right? The, the history repeats itself a lot of times. Next, right. next midterm cycle in three and a half years, we got to rethink about how we're allocated just in case that happens again because 100% of the time it's happened in the past.
3: Right, and uh, well, here's one too, especially if you've been saving and now you're getting you know, into that uh, financial red zone, but your, your 401k has been on autopilot for all these years. It's, it's time to rethink that.
2: Without a doubt. I, I've had many clients come in ask them to take a peek at their 401k allocations and look at what's going on. And my advice the last four months, Steve, has been increase your contributions if you have the ability to do that and up your risk tolerance in, inside your 401k because if you get at least five years before you retire, you're going to have a, the benefit of a market bounce higher likely. And if you're increasing contributions, a lot of times do it in a couple percent of a time. You're not going to miss it if you do it in that way you don't have to jump right to, you know ten percent higher or fifteen percent higher. Do it two, three percent at a time. See how it affects your paycheck and then ratchet that, heat up a little bit on yourself. But also change your risk tolerance and your allocations because you're buying market shares as the market on a weekly, by weekly basis as the market's down, you're gonna get the benefit of a market bounce and uh, and then you're gonna, you know thank me or thank yourself for doing it uh, five or ten years from now because, The market will have a rebound and you're going to have more money in your account by doing what I just made for recommendations.
3: Sure. 800-998-5649. Holy cow, we're up against the clock, Kevin. Let's uh, go ahead and take a quick break and invite folks to call.
2: For the next 10 callers who will call in today, we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. We're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers. which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning. For the next 10 callers, a comprehensive financial review that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation
3: folks this is a great way to get a well to get a financial roadmap put together it's a practical financial review and it's a phone call away at 800-998-5649 you heard kevin 10 callers right now get that comprehensive financial review all the extras no cost no obligation Just make the call today. 800-998-5649. Again, 800-998-5649. One more break and we're back with another segment right here on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee.
2: Time for more questions from listeners. We've got the answers coming right up.
0: It's your go-go years, so let's get going with another retirement road trip. The ultimate road trip in the U.S. would have to be on the Mother Road. Get a true taste of Americana, turn your GPS off, and get ready to get your kicks on Route 66. Even though this world-famous route was decommissioned in 1985, you can still recreate the classic American road trip experience. It of course stretches from Chicago to LA. Since its creation in 1926, it's become a symbol of all things American. It was the passageway for thousands escaping the Dust Bowl. In fact, John Steinbeck actually coined the phrase Mother Road in The Grapes of Wrath. Road construction helped thousands weather the Great Depression. And it was the vacation highway for countless families reading the Burma shave signs. You can drive most of the original Route 66 today, but you do have to plan your trek. Get your hands on Jerry McClanahan's Easy 66 Guide for Travelers. In many ways, it's a time travel back to a simpler time, eat at diners, drive through towns and not around them, maybe see a ghost town and lots of kitsch plus these must-see visits grand park chicago crackerjack made its debut there and paps won its blue ribbon there at the world's fair 1893 good evening folks and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater 66 drive-in carthage missouri one of the few remaining drive-in theaters see 10 graffitied cadillacs buried nose down in the ground cadillac ranch amarillo texas Get a concrete TP room at the Wigwam Village Motel, Holbrook, Arizona. And many people think Main Street of America ends at Santa Monica Pier, Santa Monica, California. So take at least two weeks, plan on staying in motels, not hotels, and enjoy the kitsch covered Mother Road of America. Get your retirement road trip kicks.
2: On Route 66.
3: on Financial Safari with Kevin Prisby. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. And uh, of course, we've been talking about a lot of things today, Kevin. And I want to bring up the the rebrand because I know that people, uh, we talked about it briefly earlier in the show, but I, I'm sure this is big news to a lot of people. I guess I'm just thinking, you know, the rebrand, what's happening? What does that really mean? What's happening behind the scenes? So share a little bit of with us.
2: Yeah, sure thing. Thanks for bringing that up. It's uh, it's something we're pretty excited about here at Frisbee Associates. So, as I even mentioned, like on last week's show, the rebrand is simply this. When I first started this practice, uh, this business working with clients all across the state of Maine, I would go home to home, business to business, and meet people and uh, and talk about their planning. And I've grown and we've scaled, and we have you know several office locations and I've added advisors, and we've we've just done a tremendous job. and, and yeah, I, I I look back and it's it's kind of like my baby. I never intended to grow the business to the size that we have, but it's uh, it's yeah, I've been fortunate to, to be entrusted by so many people here in Maine. But as we've grown, we've added advisors. And so it's not just Kevin Frisbee anymore, hence the name Frisbee and Associates, although it started like that. So I wanted to have my advisors and our whole team to be a bigger entity, have uh, you know their stake in a bigger entity. And so we basically, the rebrand is simply just changing the name, altering the logo a little bit, but it's gonna be the same great service. In fact, I think we're we're changing some internal components to our, our practice to enhance our client's experience and enhance our client service. So the rebrand is simply a name change. So it's a bigger entity than just Kevin Frisbee. Northern Alliance Financial is our name. We're gonna have nafinancialadvisors.com as the website. We haven't launched that yet. We will flip that switch here in the next few weeks and we're gonna put that press release out to all our client base and the media to talk about, uh, hey, we're still here, same great people, and not just that your service is not going to go down, it's actually going to get enhanced by some of the changes we're making.
3: that's very exciting. I mean, you know, like you said, uh, I've been working with you for about five years, you're about eight years on the radio, and again, even even five years ago, I'm not sure you even envisioned
2: this at that point. Oh, my goodness. Uh, You know, we started TV shows two and a half years ago, Steve, and just... I set out to help people and educate people in the financial world, in, in the state. And uh, you know that's why I wrote the book. That was always my goal, is to help as many people as I possibly could. And so as a result, taking that education approach and the educational workshops and seminars led to radio, led to TV. And now here we are as a, a, a massive uh, practice that we... The one thing I've been able to say, and our clients know this, we've not sacrificed client relationships. We've not sacrificed client service and we've scaled ourselves to the way that has been beneficial for all the clients. Now we've collectively got a team of advisors that we've got, if you add it all up, hundreds of years of experience that we all collectively have as a group. And so I don't want to say we've seen everything as a group, but there's not a lot of situations that we can't handle of a client coming in that have maybe some issues or concerns that we can help people and, and guide them along. So that holistic plan of the whole team of what we have uh, in place is uh, just going to be better and better and bigger and still doing our thing for our our client base.
3: Well, and I think that, uh, I mean, this is probably a big leap, but I'm thinking next year, next summer, when you have the client appreciation, it's going to be a bigger, better bash.
2: Yeah. Thanks for bringing that. We are going to have client appreciation banquets next year. I've had a lot of clients ask me that this year. And, you know, with early on in the year, we plan it It takes several months to plan. And and, uh, we're still with the early part of COVID in the early part of the year, mm-hmm. uh, it just wasn't the right year to do that. But I'm, I'm confident now to say that uh, next year we will have client appreciation bashes and a uh, big celebration to be back in the mix and, uh, you know, get all these crazy times behind us and, and celebrate, uh, you know, celebrate so our clients. Celebrate uh, in, Northern in Alliance Financial. Celebrate Northern Alliance Financial exactly, and, right. and all
3: the good folks there, and 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 again, all the folks that you help. Uh, one of the things that has always stood out for me uh, about you, and and certainly about the business, is your your emphasis on education and just how passionate you are. And it's not just you; it's Jeff, it's Lance, it's Peter, Derek, AJ. They're all really passionate about teaching. That seems to be their first their first thing. They're they're you know that's what they want to do well,
2: first. Well, here's here's why. I've had the benefit of traveling the state and the country for that matter, uh, training other financial advisors. So I've been able to cherry pick um, some of the best of the best. And it's a requirement. The reason they all have that same approach is it's a requirement. You cannot work here at Northern Alliance Financial and not have that education approach because it it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit me, it doesn't fit our model, and it doesn't fit our clients, frankly. So we wanna make sure that what I put out there as a, a product or service or advice is the same across the whole organization, no matter who the advisor is you meet with or sit with, you're going to get absolute best advice and the education approach, getting that advice. Sure. And
3: well, one thing that won't change is the phone number. It's 800-998-5649. Uh, and you're going to continue on the radio. We'll continue having these conversations and, and we'll meet some other folks along the
2: way. Absolutely. Nothing's going to change in that way. We're still going to be here on the radio, still doing television shows. I'm going here, uh, taking all my guys out to Phoenix to do uh, another dozen TV episodes here in September. And yeah, we're we're, we're here. We're ready to rock.
3: That's exciting. All right. Well, uh, before we run out of time, I need to jump into a couple of questions here. Uh, First from Westbrook is Maddie. She says, my company offers a 401k and a Roth 401k. Right now, I contribute 6% to my 401k, 8% to my Roth. Is that a good long-term strategy? I want to contribute all to my Roth 401k starting in 2023. Is that a better strategy? Also, can I take out my principal if needed from my Roth 401k since it's after-tax dollars? Wow, she's asking a lot of stuff there.
2: Yeah, a lot of stuff there. Here's the thing, Matty. When people ask me about putting or doing contributions to the 401k and in the Roth 401k, and I'm glad you have that option in the Roth 401k, more companies are starting to add that. The first thing I'm gonna ask is what's your tax bracket, your household income and your tax bracket, because that's gonna be a factor of the advice I'm gonna give you. If you bump up against the tax bracket where you go into the 22 or higher percent on a federal level, then I'm gonna tell you, maybe we look at putting more money into the traditional 401k instead of the Roth 401k. If you're below, the tax bracket and you're in the 12% federal bracket then i'm going to tell you you probably should put all of or most of the money in the roth 401k portion so income tax strategy and planning is a big part of this conversation you're asking me and it, it's really going to be determined on your your household income tax bracket that you're in currently and then we can make adjustments according to what makes sense to get a better tax break or what makes sense to get a better tax break long term in the roth option and if you're if you're looking at doing more in 2023, again, it gets to the same same point that you're asking me. It's going to be dependent on your household income and, and what your tax bracket's going to be.
3: Okay. All right. That's good to know. 800-998-5649, Matty. Let's go to uh, James in Kennebunk. He says, uh, after once using the 1031 exchange, we purchased a rental home. After renting it for years, we thought of moving into it. How many years does it take to revert back to personal property to avoid the capital gains? Wow, you you got a lot to break down for us there, Kevin.
2: <laughs> actually, that's a really good question, and I've had a lot of clients actually take advantage of this. So here's the rule: Let's for for radio listeners, what's a, what's a 1031 exchange? A 1031 exchange is taking a, an investment property that you sell and taking the gains and exchanging it, rolling over basically to another rental property, another investment property, and you can do the 1031 exchanges, some stipulations and rules to do this with certain amount of time periods, but you can do that and defer the taxes that you would have for capital gains into the new rental home. So what James is asking here is after renting it out, if they were to sell it, they'd be subject to capital gains on the proceeds of the sale versus what they have in it for an investment. If they live there as a primary resident, for two of five years. They have to live there as a primary resident for two of the last five years. If they did that and turned around and sold it, they wouldn't be subject to capital gains if it was below a certain threshold. There's profit thresholds that, that changes the taxability amounts, but for the most part here in Maine, uh, most people's home are, aren't gonna have a profit of eight eight $850,000 as a married couple, for example. So uh, most people are gonna get that tax-free. So it's a good question, James, and a lot of people do take advantage of that 1031 exchange to defer taxes. And then potentially living it to eliminate the capital gains taxes. Well, again, the the, the couple
3: of questions that we've gotten to today both uh, kind of stem around tax planning, and that's something
2: again that becomes a, a priority for what you help people do. It's it's so important, and and Steve, people just don't think, hey, yeah, this this firm helps me manage my investments, but it's much more than that. I mean, you're going to get from me and any of the advisors the conversation or questions about tax planning. Like everything you do should be thinking about the, the the minimization of taxes as, as much as you can, especially now after the the Inflation Reduction Act has passed, you want to make sure that you're getting the most tax advantage breaks that you can because at the end of the day, uh, they're not going to give you a break in the, in the federal government. So let's take advantage of what the laws are and rules are legally and uh, make sure you're you're taking advantage of them. Sure.
3: Uh, 800-998-5649. If you got tax planning questions, long-term care, boy, we covered some ground today, Kevin. Uh, and we are, again, running out of time. Let's go ahead and invite folks to call
2: one last time today. For the next 10 people who call us right now, we're going to offer a complimentary financial review of your entire financial and retirement plan. There's no cost for this visit. It's simply a chance for you to get an education about your money so that you can make the best decisions for yourself moving forward. We found that most people don't have a true understanding of three basic things. They don't know how much money they're paying in fees and commissions. They don't know how much unnecessary risk they're taking with their nest eggs. And they don't understand the tax implications of their retirement savings. We will sit down with you and help you understand all of those issues. Many of our radio listeners who go through this process eventually become clients, but others don't. This process isn't designed to turn every listener into a client. It's just an extension of the education that we try to offer on the show. But we can't give specific advice for your unique situation on the radio, so this is an opportunity for you to get answers to some of your specific questions or maybe even answers to some questions that you didn't even know you needed to be asking. If you call right now and you're one of the next 10 callers, not only will you get a financial review and second opinion package, but when you come in, you also get a copy of this brand new, hot off the press special report that Coach Pete just released for radio listeners only. It's called the Retirement Alpha. It's a nine-page special report about building a solid retirement in a zero-interest environment. So, for the next 10 callers, we'll make some time in our calendar to visit with you and give you this complimentary financial roadmap.
3: So this is it, folks, your last opportunity to give Kevin a call and get that financial roadmap put together. Maybe you're looking for a second opinion. Now would be a great time, especially with all that's been going on. If you haven't had a a second set of eyes, look at your plan. Now's the time to give Kevin a call, 800-998-5649. It's a practical financial review. There's no cost. There's no obligation. And you will see where you are today, of course. But more importantly, you can walk out the door with a roadmap that will help get you to where you need to be. 800-998-5649. Ten callers right now. 800-998-5649. Kevin, as always, my favorite hours of the week is right here. We covered some, boy, I can't believe that this has been an hour. I mean, it (laughs) went by really fast.
2: Yeah, how fast I know we covered a lot, and but we—it's tip of the iceberg stuff too. I mean, we covered enough to give people, I think, enough reason to give us a call and come in and sit down with one of the advisors here, at Northern Alliance Financial, Frisbane Associates, um, and and sit down and take advantage of that consultation because there's a lot of in depth that uh, we just didn't have time to cover today. So-